0: What are your opinions about the Super Bowl halftime show? Not any particular one, just, like, in general.
1: In general? Yeah. I mean, I'm not a big fan. I came to watch the game. I'd rather just watch the game. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Even the commercials just suck nowadays.
1: I know. The, yeah, the commercials aren't what they what they used to be.
0: Yeah, I agree. Halftime show is just not... I, half the time, I'm like, I don't really listen to that music anyway. Like, you know, so... I don't really care about the halftime show. I heard about a church that did a youth event for this past year's halftime show. Nope, did a party for the whole Super Bowl, not just halftime. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> they all showed up for halftime and then left. Uh, oh man, <laughs> stay, so, if you, stay if you want, but there's a game going on.
0: Uh, they did a they did a Super Bowl <laughs> party, and instead of showing the halftime show or anything for them, I, I don't care if you don't show the halftime show, it's half the time semi-crude anyway. Um, so I'm fine with not showing the halftime show. But they had that, they, they did like a, from what I was told, like a mini sermon, some sort of gospel presentation. I don't know what that meant. I wasn't there because um, I'm not in high school. But, <laughs> but that brought up the question for me about... It was it was a church event, it was a youth group event, and I understand the, the philosophy of you know wanting to present the gospel, but that brings up the question of does every church event need to have a like you know a clear gospel presentation in it? And that is the topic of today's podcast. You've got the dummies, Ben and JJ, coming at you with wisdom from the Bible and beyond this dummies with wisdom
1: as we're diving into this question um i think me and you have seen a lot of at least for me this might just be a personal thing i'm not going to speak for you but um (laughs) i have, i've seen especially at a ministry setting there there has a tendency to almost be a forced gospel i don't want to say presentation but like the gospel is slipped in yeah to where you can't miss it which is fair but like it's it's to the point where it's so forced that it's almost like the actual ministry doesn't it's hard for that to actually happen. Like people are almost thinking too hard. You know, you're almost trying too hard about it. You're not letting things flow. Um, I see it in the church a lot of times too. It's harder for that to happen just because it's so gospel focused and so like, like that's what you do, you know, if you go to church on Sunday. Um, But even outside of, you know, maybe other church events has a tendency to kind of happen like the church potluck where you just spent literally all morning, you know, talking about the gospel, you know, worshiping together, doing all this stuff and then you go to the potluck and someone has to go up and say something you know it's like all right we just we had a whole morning i get what you're doing there's nothing wrong with it um but i don't know what do you what are your thoughts on that balance i guess
0: yeah it's it's a hard balance because you don't want to fall too far the other way where there's never any sort of like gospel presentation you're not really doing ministry you're just having fun um right and I, i mean especially youth programs can Can fall prey to that pretty easily, and you know, obviously unintentionally. When when we were at Cedarville, um, and I'm saying that name because I had somebody listen to the podcast lately and tell me, ask me why we kept calling us the uh, or saying the uh, the unnamed organization. Uh, They are one and the same. The first time we talked about Cedarville, (laughs) they are
1: one and the same. The first time (laughs) we talked about Cedarville, we I wasn't ready to come out, dude. (laughs) We've said it out loud
0: a number of times, we just never (laughs) connect them. The first time we brought it up, we did not want to name it because of what we were talking about and how we were talking about it, and it became a joke from there on out. But uh, so when when we went to the unnamed organization, uh, yes. we uh,
1: <laughs> thank
0: you. One one of their big like um, one of their big points was that they were all about um, a Christ-centered education, and no, it was all about being Christ-centered. They used that term quite a bit. Which is, I think, yeah. is a very good thing for, to be Christ-centered, obviously. The problem was, is you and I would both agree, they often took what was supposed to be Christ-centered and made it a Christ-exclusive thing, where you couldn't... Right. Um, didn't you have to write uh, something for a math class about, like, end times eschatology or
1: something? Yeah. Well, that wasn't me. Who was that? That was... Um, I know who you're talking about, though. I can't remember who it was. So somebody had to write um, a but paper yeah, like, on, literally, like
0: theology for a math class uh my wife they were
1: showing and they were showing us they had nothing like the actual prompt itself not what he wrote but the actual prompt itself had nothing to do with like his study and then like i had like the classic like business classes that were with excel and it was like how are we going to like share jesus with people through excel you know and like yeah i was i was like i was honestly baffled like i didn't know i i was like i don't know what to put like I have to lie my way through this paper just to like, I almost was like, I, maybe I just like, don't do it just because I Insert felt like Jesus clip art. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Since I think it was something about like working hard or I don't know. That was, that was a long time ago now. Um,
0: well, and I, but, my my wife had a class too, where it was, uh, she got a, her degree in criminal justice. She had a class about Homeland security and like her final paper was about the end times in Israel and had, right. You know, virtually nothing to do with with homeland security and so but at the same time then like we had like a biology class where they taught like here's the theory of evolution here's why we don't believe it and arguments against it like that i thought was really good you take the the math side and it's you know the opposite where it's now you're just pushing you know like you were saying kind of forcing that gospel into something where it where it doesn't naturally fit and I mean, obviously, obviously there's caveats on when that might be the case to, to do that. But I think, I, like you said, I think we have to, we have to make an effort to, to present the gospel. But I think the, the question is, when you're talking about some sort of ministry event, what, what is your main purpose for that event? Obviously, when mm-hmm. we're talking big picture, yes, bring people to Christ. That is the overall goal. Is, is that the main goal of the men's breakfast, the men's prayer breakfast? I I would highly doubt it mm-hmm. if that is that's not really a prayer breakfast like the me- point of a men's prayer breakfast is for men to pray o- over breakfast and get to know each other and everything mm-hmm. so I, I I think that's that's where it comes down to is what is your purpose and go from there is your is your purpose like what what is your purpose of a super Bowl party maybe right. that's your main goal and if that isn't I would say that's probably flawed or even maybe just maybe you're just wrong in thinking that but personally if i'm if i'm leading this and i'm having a throwing a super bowl party together for the youth my my purpose and that's not to say this is the answer but my purpose would be we're going to create a a family-friendly good setting where kids can invite other friends to come and we're going to have like good a good clean party we're you know not going to show, show the halftime show just because you know we'll We'll play dodgeball or something during halftime. Yeah. But my purpose is not salvation in that moment. My purpose is Mm -hmm. let's, let's get people in the doors. Right. Because if I'm, if I'm invited to an event and I feel like the gospel is being shoved down my throat, and this is obviously me as a Christian person, I'm not going to go back for something else because they just shoved it down my throat. And I don't need that. I don't want that as a believer. What would an unbeliever think? And so, right. So, is is is, does that mean that there's not a way that you would incorporate the gospel into a super bowl party i'm sure there is i'm there's a lot of really good youth pastors out there that would find a way to do it without forcing it but i don't think that that's a good model of what you must do in ministry
1: i think a lot of times like there's the aspect of just being like real i feel i feel like especially recently there's been a lot of like like, even this last weekend, it's kind of, like, graduation weekend and all that. So, like, all the youth pastors at all the, you know, Sunday services were having, you know, their moment to have their... They would do the sermon, this and then they would the send all their kids like. off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, like, through a lot of, like, a lot of those talks, and then talking to other people about, like, what their pastors are talking about at churches and stuff, or what their youth pastors are talking about at churches, it was almost like a... The theme seemed to be, like like these youth pastors were trying to get the congregation like to kind of buy into this new like you know younger generation of people yeah and a lot of like the tone was like either like encouraging everyone to be real with like younger people or like almost like a they didn't know what the word was but that's basically what it was and i think this generation now especially is like it's it wants something that's real because everything that's thrown at them is so fake and it's so sugar-coated or it's so fluffed up for whatever yeah. the desired outcome is from whoever's talking whereas like maybe in the past like that's kind of what people got people in the door you know you could fluff things up you can tell them what they you know want to hear yeah and they can go forward with that you're not going to get that now you're going to like if people can see through the fake stuff especially younger kids mm-hmm. so easy like even my younger siblings like they'll call me out on my stuff like quicker than i think anyone has ever you know, like and I'll just, you know, say something I'm like, whoa, 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 You know, and they're like, That doesn't sound right. Like what are you? and now I'm spending yeah. fifteen minutes trying to try and explain myself. Um <laughs> Just tell to listen to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Honestly. That that might have more questions than answers for them <laughs> But um but no, I think this we have a new not just this generation, but I think just this like our culture, especially the Western mindseted culture, is so sick of just kind of having stuff thrown at them. I think there's this desire to, to really sift through and like actually kind of find things out. Yeah. Um and so like this whole, oh hey, come over for a super bowl party, and then all of a sudden you're giving a gospel pre- presentation at halftime, even as a I think you even kind of touched on it, even for me as a believer, that would kind of put me off and be yeah. like, Hey, we came here for a super bowl party. Like, I get what you're doing, I get where you're, you're trying to capitalize on this. But let's instead of us all sitting here listening to you, let's get us all to buy in to this. Let's put the let's let's make the um the effort beforehand to like dig deep, find some like whether that's students or adult leaders or whatever. Just in like this situation, get some people who are on board with this thing, and then we can spend the entire Super Bowl like getting to know all these people who have never shown up to church before, yeah. and like show them, hey, like we're real people too. Like we're here. Like we have Jesus. But we're not all we're not gonna say. Sit- <laughs> yeah we're not yeah sure exactly like nothing is homeschoolers but i mean i was one but and therein um, lies the problem <laughs> therein lies the problem yeah uh
0: with homeschool and that you're the face of it i mean
1: <laughs> you don't want me to be the face of anything <laughs> i can't don't put that on me don't put the, don't put me in coach um but yeah so and i think we get caught up in that so much of like we let our, I think that might be the better way to say it. it's not necessarily that the gospel is at the forefront that we're like pushing against because the gospel should be like literally with every breath we're taking that should already be the case, right? Yeah, I think it's our idea of what the gospel looks like presented. That's what we have kind of an issue with, and like yeah. that pushing and the agenda pushing of it to where half the time half the gospel presentations in these things I don't I don't agree with half the half of your perspective on what you just said. I'm like. Huh, that where where would you get that from like that didn't sound right or at least you didn't say it right you know we probably should have worked on the delivery of that <laughs> aka sounds like you forced it so like yep that's that's i think that's our whole point point. and so like i think the people that especially in a ministry setting it's a lot easier in churches to do this but um in a ministry setting i think it's really really hard to find that balance of don't force especially when you're talking about donor stuff and we're talking about getting people to buy in um whether it's something that's specifically christian like bible translation or um sending missionaries overseas to something that's maybe not quite christian but it's christian-based like a um uh uh wow how am i blanking the gifts overseas at christmas uh operation first yeah yeah so like that's not inherent like the action is not inherently christian but it's christian-based and so yeah getting people it's much harder in that scenario to um like sneak in the gospel in that setting like what we're talking about which i think is there is a place for it but the people that i've seen it do it and the leaders that i've seen do it really well they just, they're all about relationships they're all about community they're all about people getting to know them as people right and through that you should get to know the lord right so the onus is now like yes the pressure is even more so on because now they have to look at my life, they have to look at the way I walk, and when I invite, you know, a basically a charity golf tournament from a ministry or whatever to whether that's for donations or whatever, like I'm not going to be preaching the gospel the entire time as we as we're on you know hole sixteen, and you've had a sucky day on the course, you know, like I'm probably I'm, I'm probably going to have just as bad of a day on the course with you, and we're going to make fun of each other for that, you know, and we're going to create a right. relationship through that, and hopefully if you're not a believer or, you know, maybe you are a believer, whether, you know, however we get to the gospel aspect of that and get back to Jesus, it should just flow naturally. Yeah. You know? And I think that's again, I think we've talked about this on a couple of podcasts before of like working on yourself, working on that between the you and the Lord aspect to where you get in those situations and I feel like you don't have to push yourself so hard to squeeze in a presentation of who Jesus is. Jesus should just take care of that. Again, not to say that there isn't a place for the presentation, but more so than not, just looking at scripture, like Jesus can speak for himself, you know, right. and then we send out, we can talk, but then most of the time it's, we got to get in the nitty gritty and actually just do the hard work, you know, right. of building the relationship.
0: Well, I think there's a lot to say even just in the ter- in the term presentation, like, yeah, I mean, I know that's not like necessarily how we're using it, but that's how often how it's actually being used. It's not just this like presenting the gospel; it is a like a yeah. presentation. It's it's like a military briefing of the gospel, and it
1: oh, it, it's like, like that all the time. like
0: and like it's kind of like you know like street preachers. You know, like do they win people over sometimes? I'm sure they do. Ray Comfort is one who actually has figured it out. Generally speaking, right. though, is that the way? is Is that the best way to do stuff? To to win people over generally not sometimes it works and god works in mysterious ways but if i have the option of creating that relationship with somebody and being able to just have that conversation rather than telling them something that's when people yeah. listen i mean w- with anything you know if, if it's when, when you can actually have those discussions and have and ask those questions and and try to give answers and like that that's when you can win people over like we often uh, do on this Christian podcast, I say, you know, let's like let's look at the Bible. Um, <laughs> when we look at the when we look at the Bible as a whole, not every verse is pointing directly to the gospel. Not every book right. is pointing directly to the gospel. You look at the the book of Ruth, and it's there's no mm. like at least that I'm thinking of. There's no like explicit point to the gospel, and th- you can see it now that we have the whole Bible. And yeah. but there's no like. Look at the cross in Ruth. In the book of Esther, there's not a entire, there's not a single mention of God. Uh, when you look at Paul's letters, sometimes he's appealing to gospel, the gospel message. Sometimes, like we quoted in the last podcast, he's telling people to get off their butts and work. You know, so there's. Exactly. I, I think that same kind of method has to be used where everything should be, like we were saying before, Christ centered and should be pointing. That should always be the goal, and we should always be working towards that direction. But I, th- I think I, th- I think there's a problem in the mentality behind it, honestly, is in that we think, and not necessarily you and me, we, but just the general we, the church, think that we need to present the gospel at every single chance we get because we are the means that God is using, and if we don't do it, nobody will, which right. I'm not saying the complete opposite where like, you don't bother doing anything, but we're putting way too much of the focus on our abilities and our efforts instead of essentially putting people in that position to let God work.
1: And I think, think too, the onus goes on other people, too, right? So, like, the onus to talk goes on a select group of people who we deem to be equipped to do that.
0: You mean to present the gospel in that setting? present
1: it, right. Like, how many times, like, at Cedarville or named place – (laughs) but how many times have they like did we go to do something that was whether it was within a class setting or like on a ministry setting within the school and it was like we had to answer for our faith you know i get what they're getting at right what do you mean but so like like the um like the references like we're filling out like i'd fill out like almost like a two-page paper about like what the gospel was right and like all the stuff whereas we, mean you have both, like, we've had, there have been people in leadership who we were, like, their viewpoint on the gospel, hence their actions, because of that, either we didn't agree with or got them fully removed from their position within that organization, right? Yeah. And so, for me, again, it all goes back to presentation. It's like, okay, well, their presentation of their viewpoint of the gospel wasn't right, and so instead of me being a faithful follower of christ trying to spread the gospel now i'm having to go through loopholes within this organization to prove that my viewpoint of the gospel is what they want through a page paper if that makes sense instead of building the relationship with select people this goes back to like a small group setting of why we mean you argue why that's important and not the overarching have organization we done a small group charge.
0: podcast i don't
1: think we have i was just thinking that i was like we may we may need to do that that's been going on the list um, but like this is why like big like big c church stuff fails when we don't have a smaller mindset church to back it up right and i go big right. c church even when you get to like legitimate you know church like even your own church i think you can almost claim there's there should be communities within your church yeah. like local church or local community even that you are so tight with so honed in on that those people will go to bat for you they're trusted and then you guys go fight together because there's no way that you can have an accurate um representation i guess of yourself or others if you're just going through this kind of hierarchical big c church mindset of how to do ministry like so you're, you're telling like basically my point was so you're telling me that if i don't fill out this page paper i can't tell people about jesus you know it's basically like not it's not necessarily what i went into it but by the time i got done with her questioning i was 100% there i was like okay so what now like what what were you what are you gonna do like if if i send this in and you don't like what i say what are you gonna do you know like are you gonna disciple me like are like what what what's happening there are you gonna tell me i'm not saved you know like there was no there's no understanding of like okay where do i go from this whereas i had to fill out that same exact thing to get into cedarville if that makes sense you know so I'm just like, there's like these loopholes. Again, we're going back to the presentation of, I get what you're doing. I get why we're doing it. Like, it does yeah. make sense.
0: Yeah, we're not, we're not bashing like any sort of like a logic on we should present the gospel.
1: And there should be like checks and balances to that. But at some point we got it. We got to do this smart. Like we got to do this the right way that actually works. You know. The
0: the problem is the problem is too like these same churches, organizations, whatever it may be, that feel the need to push the gospel into every single little thing, are the same ones and then they'll have a youth group message about why you should not have sex before marriage and never even bother hitting the gospel and just talk about why basically, you know, works over grace. And so I I'm I'm a big fan of of sermons that always either end or at least at some point have like the gospel message in them because i think that's that's what a sermon is for you know a sermon yeah. is like an is an explanation and application of biblical text or at least it should be and mm-hmm. every biblical text is part of this big story and so i'm yeah. i'm a big fan of that but I'm not a fan of always needing a sermon necessarily. Like, have you ever, you ever been at a, at a, at a church service or some sort of worship service where it's like, you know, like spirits moving, you're really feeling it. Like bands just on point for the first time ever. And you know, sound guy knows what he's doing. It's like everything came together and it's like, like they just, they finally hit their stride. Like it took them three songs and they finally got it together. The first time uh, the guitar was out of tune, and he figured that out by song too. You know, like it's like, yeah. it all comes together. And then they're like, and then like it drops down. And it's like, all right, time for announcements. And you're like, okay, well now we just killed, not just the mood, but potentially more. Right. And then like, then we move into the, like a sermon or like a devotional, if you know, whatever they call it, depending on the service. And then they like go back into worship and it's like, y- y- you lost it. Because, right. because you felt the need to force in this message. It may maybe yeah. it's sometimes it is that. I've been at places where it's like we can't have a worship service without like a nighttime worship service. We have to have like the pastor say something and it ruins it. Right. Sometimes it just it you know, you're feeling it and that's the way a church service runs too. So I mean there, there's both, but I, I think it's that same that same kind of same kind of deal where it's good it's good to present it's good to present the gospel it's yeah. good to have that explicit presentation sometimes because every every time you have a church service every time you have a youth event there's always the potential that somebody like that that God has been working in their heart and that's the time that they flip but i heard a, a pastor told me once and it stuck with me ever since he said i asked him i said what 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 is what what line of reasoning do you use for decisions that you have to make that Half the church is going to be angry if you make it, if you make the service longer, if you make it shorter, whatever that may be, pews, chairs, I don't care. And he said, he said, I look at it as if we do this thing, is that going to impact 80% of the church or more in a positive way? Practically, theologically, whatever. If it will, then I make that decision. Because he said, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep the status quo with 80% of the church. Because of the twenty percent who are going to get mad, and I think you look at ministry that same way where with something like a Super Bowl party where I would assume people aren't like expecting a gospel presentation, I look at it and maybe this is the wrong way of looking at it. I look at it as the eighty percent of the people who are there for the first time, and your twenty percent are the people who you might get. Do you mm. potentially keep? Eighty percent of the people who showed up for the first time from ever coming back because you told them you were coming to a Super Bowl party, and you, now you turned it in their mind from a party into another church thing. You know, right? And yep, are you gonna go after the twenty percent maybe or the eighty percent? And again, that might be the wrong way of looking at it, but I think it is a valid question.
1: I mean, I think that that has sprinkles of a little bit of a foundation of what's kind of in scripture i wouldn't say it's necessarily like explicitly said that way but you look at there's specific people that are chosen and plucked out yeah and then sometimes they go they're the ones who reach the masses sometimes they just stay within their community you know and it seems like it's not like these very rare if you go to like the amount of times that it's like a huge mass like This is Jesus. This is me. This is the gospel, whatever the situation is, compared to follow me type situations. Yeah. The follow me situations are much, much higher. Even when you look at like after the gospel, like books, like they have a tendency to be Paul picking certain people out. And those are the ones who make the huge impact. Right. So there's plenty of people saved from the sermons and like the preaching and stuff that he does throughout. Obviously, or else he probably would have stopped doing that. But I think there's a reason why there's certain people who are named in scripture as like the foundations of our faith. And those are the people who are pucked out as, Hey, I see this in you go do this. I just don't see that happening a whole lot. Like to your point, like go after the 20%, like be intentional and be like focused in on what you're looking for. Right. Um, Cause those people could be who end up popping into that 80% also And you start dragging people over, you know, you don't have to do this. I think that it goes back to that thing. Again, there's, we have a tendency to hone in on a certain group of people that we deem as, you know, this is their thing and we put it all on them when I think we would find a lot, I think we have a much cleaner, we probably actually like the presentation more if we start getting everyone else involved and everyone else was equipped because then the presentation is just constant. It's just happening. Like, we're doing life with people. All of a sudden, people are asking questions. Like, we've got this breakfast going on. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter if it's at church or if it's at a cafe or whatever. The gospel is happening. Like, ministry is happening Right. right now. And it's not forced. It's real. We're not even talking about Bible stuff right now. I'm just getting to know you. You know? Or we are talking about stuff. We're talking about real stuff that we're both going through and hashing those things out and, like, growing together and moving forward. And I just don't see that happening a whole lot with... the church in general honestly i think another question to ask too is just
0: like what's your track record you know at with Mm. with with your methods you know if if you've done the super bowl party for 15 years and you've presented the gospel at halftime for 15 years and never once has it seemed to change anything maybe that means to change up your methods and and who's doing who's doing your gospel presentation too you know like i I was just thinking like like if i'm if, if I'm at a, uh, and this is really, really hypothetical, but if I'm at a Super Bowl party and there's going to be like a gospel like sermon at halftime, if I see John MacArthur walking up on stage, like <laughs> I'm just like, all right, like let's see how long it takes him before he hits something about Calvinism. And I won't listen to anything. I'll be like, is he about done? I want to see the second half. You put like Louis Giglio yeah. up there, he's probably like, I mean, that guy literally sold videos talking about the earth as a golf ball and impacted like thousands of people. You know, he, right. Giglio's got a way of like, he's one of those people that he could say anything and then like, you want to change the world like 10 minutes later.
1: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there,
0: like I think there's, there's a lot of moving parts. And like, could, could Louis Giglio throw a Super Bowl party with a explicit gospel presentation at halftime and make it work? Probably. I would not be right. surprised whatsoever. Does that mean everybody should? No. Mm-hmm. So again, it's a I think it's a. it's a case by case thing, but I think I think the church and we as Christians need to recognize when that is available and when that is yeah. helpful. Like there's yeah. there's obvious times when throwing that in in our what seems like a random point might be somebody's put you know turn to salvation. Mm-hmm but i think generally we need to focus on on the long game. And i don't i don't mean long game like a decade even. I'm like it maybe 2 months, you know. Right. where where we need to look or at just outside building, of that one conversation yeah, or building those relationships, you know? building that theology even if they don't believe it. You know, building some level of understanding of of what Christianity is because it's really easy to say, "Oh, I'm a sinner and this guy is going to get me into heaven." Yes. It's a lot deeper than that and the the more we can build people to that point where they are making that actual decision and not just having hell insurance it, right we're we're all going to be better off in the long term like paul says about the whole body working together
1: yeah no i think like what you just touched on it's like work to your strengths you know so not all of us are funny so we're not all going to be comedians you know not all right. of us are super athletic or coordinated so we're not all going to be athletes. You know, like there's, yeah. that's the same with the gospel too. Like you're going to have things that you're strong in. There's going to be some things that you're going to be weak in. Yeah. That's okay. There's like, that's why we are all part of community. That's why it's important. Right. Um,
0: and if your church is so, doing a Super Bowl party and this is working by all means, keep on doing it. If you're doing a men's yeah. prayer breakfast and this is like, if it's working, you keep doing that and you keep making it better. And make yeah. it more and more effective as much as you can. Obviously, trusting on God for the fruits. But I... Please,
1: be, just be real. Please. Yeah,
0: yeah. like <laughs> Craig Rochelle always says, it. people would rather follow somebody who's real than someone who's always right. And... Yep. I, mean, I think we've seen
1: that more and more now. Yeah,
0: do do what works. But when we're talking about a general philosophy of ministry, um, I think we're, at this point, pretty clear where we both stand on on this point. So Yeah again reticent i'm sure somebody disagrees with us out there um we can't always be right just usually so
1: but we are right yeah
0: i mean yeah yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right well thanks for listening and we will catch you again in a couple of weeks
1: Hey everyone, thanks for listening to this podcast of Dummies with Wisdom. To give us comments, ask questions, or submit pictures of other dummies you find in the wild, email us at dummieswithwisdom at outlook.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash dummieswithwisdom.